morning, Horners. Welcome to the Vikings versus Bears edition of the GMG Preview Show. On today's episode, our main topic will be discussing should we play the starters or not play the starters and why. As we heard later in the week, it looks like the Vikings will be trying to rest as many starters as possible on and treat this as a mini bye week, sort of a preseason game bye-ish sort of deal. So as they go into the playoffs, is as the sixth seed in the healthiest way possible. But should they? That's the question. Also, Drew has some outstanding numbers for us this week that may explain why we do what we do against Chicago. Drew? I got I got some numbers that are going to blow the doors off you guys. Are they? In a good way or a bad way? Uh, maybe in an explanation way of why we get our tits licked so much by the Bears. The final week of the 2019 regular season and the Minnesota Vikings, your Minnesota Vikings, will be hosting the Chicago Bears. The Bears. However, the Vikings have already secured the sixth seed in the NFC playoffs. Nothing they do, win, lose, or draw, will help them advance in seeding. They are stuck in the six, no matter what. The other playoff games have it, or the other games of playoff teams like Green Bay, New Orleans, San Francisco, Seattle, all have implications on where we might go on wild card weekend. But the Vikings are stuck in the six seed. Here tonight to discuss it with us are my partners. In Good Morning America, or Good Morning Gallup. Good Morning America. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been a long Whatever. week, and I haven't had enough beer. Um, in Good Morning Gallup, are Drew and Ted once again. Now, how you doing, Ted? Surviving the holidays? Uh, yeah, had uh, had some technical difficulties. I'm I'm talking to you on my phone, but it looks to be working. So, if I was any better, I'd be a guest. Well, let's light this candle. Let's go. <laughs> what up, Smitty? <laughs> Drew, how you, you doing? Baby. That's what's well, up. My football team's in the playoffs. I'm 54 and my junk still works. So I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> how you wow. doing, gentlemen? Oh, we're doing all right. Ah, uh, it's Good, good holiday up here or down here, over here in Colorado. Got to see the latest Star Wars movie. I won't give you any spoilers on that. Uh, you don't want any anyways. But. I'm not going anyway, so don't worry about me spoiling anything for me. But it's, it's worth the watch. I'll give you that much. It's worth the watch. It's the end of the end of the Skywalker story, and it's worth going to see. So, 
with that, we're going to start out this show with there's been talk on the interwebs of because this the Vikings have already secured the sixth seed, and this game is really a meaningless when it comes to them seeding wise. Should they go out balls to the wall? with all their starters, and try to beat a Chicago team that they have not beaten in the last three tries? Or should they treat this like a fifth preseason game, maybe put out the starters early, but yank them as soon as possible so as to rest them, giving them a sort of a mini-bye week going into the playoffs? There's arguments on both sides. Ted, have you got an opinion on that? Uh, yeah, Monday night, I was kind of of the opinion to play the starters the entire game. I think psychologically, that that loss the Packers hurt in, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, not only did you lose any chance to win the division, you now got to go on the road for the playoffs. Uh, but it was just a bad game. Been thinking about it a couple days, and I I think the the starters, minus guys that are already hurt, like Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, I'd, I'd rest those guys, let them get healthy. Everybody else, I'd play the first half. I think kind of kind of treat it like the third preseason game, have them play the first half, see if they can't get into a little bit of rhythm. Maybe if they can score on the first two drives, then pull them. I I think if nothing else, we, we sort of talked about this. I. I I think psychologically they need to to at least get into some kind of rhythm um, and give them a little bit of confidence. But I don't want to – because they can't – like you said, they can't get anything other than the sixth seed. The only games that matter are the uh, – the only thing that's going to change is who they're playing uh, and where they're going to travel to. And that's not up to them. That's up to however San Francisco and Seattle hash out or New Orleans – Kind of go guys. from there and get ready for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Drew, what's that, your opinion? That is about the extent of the agreement that I have right there. I couldn't agree more. That, that was my point all the way across. I agree with Ted. I think the fact that we played such a clunker on Monday night, if the Vikings would have played better in that game and it would have been competitive right down to the end and we had lost, I think I'd be looking at it a little differently about this yeah, weekend. I, I, I would. would too. Yeah. But I don't think you can sit. You know, we've had discussions on on the in the group about this today. I don't. In my opinion, has been. I don't think we could sit the offense. You know, Cousins, the, the receivers, and anybody from the O line because you need to, like Ted just mentioned, get in there and get into a groove and maybe get your mojo back a little bit. I don't think you could take this whole week sit everybody and then hope to do that going into a playoff game. Cause then you're spending the first couple quarters getting your mojo back. You need it back before you go in there. Well, I, I don't think, you know, I'm not necessarily worried about them playing the whole game, but I'd like to come in, maybe have two or three really nice put together drives and maybe they score. Then they're feeling better about themselves. And then you can pull them in the second half. Now, that being said, I would sit Kendrick's. Yes, I would, I would sit any starter that's that's nicked up. I really would. I'd sit him for this game, especially Kendrick. You know what, guys? I'll even go as far as to say this: besides Cousins, who touches the ball every play, and Cook, who's the motor of everything, 
I think Eric Kendricks is the third most important player on this football team. Oh, he's had a spectacular season on the defense, and just he has been the linchpin over there this season. You got to have him playoffs. You got to. Now, so if anybody him- here, the, as of Christmas Day, they were still waiting on an MRI. Is it? Have either of you heard whether he's had it or not? I have not heard. I have not heard what what really is the extent of Kendricks, but. You're up against the wall. Kendricks has to play in that playoff game, even if he's 60% next week. So you can't play him Sunday. you got to let him rest, even if he's banged up going into the first playoff game. But I'm telling you right now, you're not going to win any playoff games without Kendricks in the lineup. You're not going to do it. It's not going to happen. Well, Wilson has done good when he's come into play, whether it be for Barr or for Kendricks. But, you know, they could say... You could say, you know, Hunter is one of our best defensive players, but he, you know, he rushes the quarterback... Look at what Kendricks does compared to him and Harrison Smith. Those are the two guys you cannot take out of this defense. Kendricks, you know, he a gap. He's responsible for the running backs in the in the middle and on the perimeter. He's responsible for guys in coverage. He's got a huge role in this team, and he's very good at what he does. Mm-hmm. So you got to, you know, there's no sense in playing him Sunday. That's the only difference of. I would sit certain guys for sure. I'm not sure if Thielen's hurt a little bit, but. The Vikings, sure, they need to, to to get rid of this mojo, bad mojo they have against the Bears. But I don't. I'm in agreement with Ted. Said I would go with that plan. Maybe playing for half treated as like the third preseason game. Well, Kirk Cousins in his podcast today was talking about how Adam Thielen is healthy. It's just getting him back into the old Adam Thielen, and he hopes that that happens this game. Also, some other players, uh, <coughs> Kyle Rudolph being one of them but especially on the offensive side, say they have a bad taste after Monday night and they want to get a good taste back. Uh, the counter-argument is that you've got guys hurt, like we said, Cook and Madison. Madison's a high ankle sprain, I saw that. And uh, Cook's obviously chest, shoulder. Um, Kendricks is quad. As of Wednesday, they were talking about an MRI. We'll see what goes on there. We know Barr got a little dinged up. We know Rhodes gets dinged up every game. Everybody's dinged up at this um, time of year on both sides. Bruised, of- yeah. But they, everybody was full participants today except for... Kendricks didn't practice for the second Kendricks game. didn't practice and... Cook and uh, Madison were limited. Were limited, yeah. But everybody else with their bruises and whatever are were full participants. So, But there's people saying you're going to... You know, it's a wrong decision if you play somebody and say Diggs or Cousins gets hurt when you didn't Come on. play him. But I mean, it's dude, it's, it's the NFL. I mean, it's a risky you business. You can only you can only shoot up what forty six dudes, right? On game three, so there are going to be starters that are going to play. You, mm-hmm. you can't bring in, you, you can't sit all your, people. You know, twenty two guys. There are going to be starters that play most of the game. Mm-hmm. Now, do you want that to be Cousins? And I, I would I would play Cousins to Thielen as much as I can just to see if they can sort of get whatever they had going early in the season back together. Well, yes. um, I want the whole starting offense because they do need to get rid of that taste in their mouth from Monday night. And if they well, can I mean, move it, if they do the first half and do, you know, two, three drives, scores, everything's going to be fine. Too close to the camera, Drew. Uh, well, what's Kirk Cousins going to say? He's like, you know, <clears throat> you know that Saturday morning <laughs> – 
fuzzy teeth smegma feel I got in my mouth. I kind of like it. I'm, I'm just going to, nah, yeah, I got to love it. I'm just going to kind of keep oh. it for another two weeks. Really? Is that yeah. what he's, is he, <coughs> uh, whatever, whatever, Kirk, whatever, Zim. Yeah, after what we saw last Monday, you can't wait two weeks to try to iron the shit out. Iron it out Sunday so you're clicking, so you have confidence, yeah. you have some continuity. We got The O-line needs to, they need to get back out there and get their shit together. Everybody has to, on the offensive side, needs to get back out there and get a rhythm before we head into the playoffs. Yeah. But the I, counter quote I heard today was, well, they've been a good team all season. They did have a couple of bad games, but they always came back. Do you think if they rested them, they wouldn't be a good team going into the wild card game? Are they a good team? Oh, they're good. Now, are they? Are, are they? Well, they're good enough to make the playoffs. They have. But okay. are they good right. enough to be a three-game road warrior and make it all the way to the Super Bowl? That's what we hope for. And they haven't consistently showed us that magic yet. And hopefully, like, Two weeks ago, when Zimmer quoted saying, we haven't seen their best football yet. Well, let's start seeing it. Like, what? What the fuck does that You know, mean? I mean, th- those kind of quotes and <laughs> platitudes or whatever it is you want to call them. I, I mean, like, you're at week 17. When, when, when are you going to throw out your best football? I mean, I... I would have argued. I would argued Monday night would have been a good time to to break out the good football. That's just me. Lucky I'm not in the crowd. I already yelled out. But I think we've seen your worst, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on, man. See, that's that's my thing. You know, I I I kind of I I didn't really mean to come off as really sarcastic when I asked you if if this team is good or not. But I, I wrote that piece on DN about you know my TED talk about where do we go with Zimmer and the Vikings, and I I just you know, I, this team has underperformed this year against that they've beaten the bad teams, but they have underperformed against every good team, and I, except maybe Dallas. I consider Dallas a good team. They're right in the running for the NFC East, but the next good team, like elite team, they beat will be the first one they've beaten this year. I mean, it's it's awful late in the game to have that. It's awful late in the season to have that kind of game the Vikings showed us Monday night against Green Bay. I honestly, I truly believe this. I think the Vikings have better players on their roster than the Green Bay Packers have. Up and down on the starting 22, save for maybe a couple players on Green Bay's offensive line, I'd probably still swap Rodgers for Cousins. And I'd take Darius Smith over most everybody on the Vikings defense, but... Other than that, man, the, the Vikings were at home. They had everything to play for, you know, and then Mike Zimmer says something like, well, we haven't played our best football yet. That was the well, week before that, not that one. Whatever. I mean, okay, but, so then you should have done it Monday night. By, well, by the way, by the way, that TED Talk was chilly. That was one of the best ones I'd read. I really enjoyed the write-up. I enjoyed all your write-ups, but that one was kind of even better for me. I said, so, Drew, I gotta, I you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm just really – 50-50 on this team right now. I sent Drew a link to Locked On Vikings. Luke Braun, a friend of the show, who's an analytic type guy. And he was talking about on that show, and I will try to remember to include the link below, how the Vikings coaching staff 
both offense and probably Zimmer as a whole, outsmarted themselves for the Monday night game. They were so afraid of getting beaten like they did in the first game with Green Bay shutting down the rollouts in the play action that they didn't run any. You know, they only had like one, I think one play where they did during the entire game. And they go, and his question is, why would you do that when you were not using the best part of your playbook, the most efficient part that you've used all season and won with, to go to something that the players aren't as comfortable with and don't use? And that, and that's, and to me, that's just, uh, it was a, a brilliant and obvious question. Why wouldn't you do that? But he could see that because he's got the experience, knows what he's looking at. Why, it's just like, why, why you, would why would you do that? If you're if you're making money, if you're Oklahoma back in the seventies and you are going eleven and zero, running the wishbone, and then you go to Buster the Rhymes, then you go to the Orange Bowl <laughs> and you're playing Miami. Why would you suddenly switch your offense? Right, but that's basically what Zimmer, Stefanski, Kubiak did going into Monday night, which was idiotic, absolutely idiotic. Play with what you got there, and then spin off that even more. But do not throw it in a dumpster, thinking that hey, we're going to outthink these guys because we know they're thinking this, and they know we're thinking that, and think, think, and it it doesn't work, and it didn't on Monday. It, if you think you're a good team. And you're worthy of going to the Super Bowl. You do what works for you and make it the other team stop you. Sure. And then if and when that happens, then you try other stuff. Then you and, and this is my frustration. And this it's my frustration with the Vikings. The, the it, fi- it just, yeah. But will we do that again against Chicago? Because I think that's one of the issues with Chicago. Drew, you the have five numbers just, on that. I, yeah, the five words I just took from you, Dave, out of all that was they are so afraid of being beaten. I got like, what's that, six or seven words? Either way. Yeah. You you said in there, mm-hmm. so afraid of being. <laughs> exactly. And that's what you said. That's what you mixed in. That's what stuck in my head. They're so afraid of being beaten. Mm-hmm. You can't coach that way, guys. That, that tells me they're playing not to lose. And they were playing not to lose from the opening kickoff. And, and if you play not to lose nine times out of ten, guess what? You're going to lose. And that has been Zimmer's. I'll go Hulk Hogan on that. You know, <laughs> pedigree his whole time here in Minnesota. He plays a conservative game, and when he gets out of hand, he plays not to lose. It's and it's frustrating. It's We'd love to see some kick-ass, run the score up type games, but Chicago. We know he gets frustrated playing Chicago. We've lost. They have a good defense. They've had, they got great pl- some great players on the defense. But Drew, you have some numbers that point of you know maybe what? why they got been they've been owned the last time they played them. The last last three times they've played them, it's been more than a head scratcher. It's been owned, embarrassed, pushed around. Let me ask each of you guys before I get to these numbers. In the last three times we played Chicago, last year at Soldier Field, the 25-20 loss, when it was really 25-3 to till the end of the game, the score wasn't didn't show you anything about the game. You got outplayed. Mm-hmm. The Vikings scored 17 at the end to make it look respectable. Then last year, week 17, we could have gone to the playoffs. We lost 24-10. to You all remember that. And then the earlier game this year at Soldier Field. 
Out of all 12 quarters of those football games, did either of you feel like we were going to win any of the any of the along those no. lines? No. Did you feel no. like we were in any of those games? No. Not one minute of those games. After that, the first drive. Now, if somebody beats you one time, you say, ah, well, they're a better team this day. If they do it twice, you start feeling like there's a pattern coming. Three times of getting not only beaten but humiliated, that makes you stand up and go, what the hell is going on with Zimmer and, and Nagy and the whole, all the dynamics combined? Well, I start doing numbers that I usually do during the week. But you know what? We're not going to get into that because that, our fans that watch this show, they don't care about this shit. They don't care if the Bears' defense is eighth, their offense is 29. We don't. The Vikings are going downhill fast offensively and defensively. They don't need this. Let's get to what the fans out there really want to hear about. They want to hear about the Vikings and the Bears, don't they? Vikings yeah. and Bears playing each other. What the hell is the problem here? And I think a couple hours ago I ran across something. Not that I'm a football genius. I'm a bass player. But I did find something that might be telling of what we do. We like to run the football. That's the Vikings' bread and butter this right. season. We all agree with that. When we run, Cousins plays better. Seems like the defense plays better. The O-line is definitely playing better. Just when we're, when we're running the football, the Vikings motor is running better. Last Monday night was typical of what starts falling apart. If we don't run the football, we're in trouble. So let me throw these numbers out at you. Well, first off, the Vikings, in the la all these numbers have to do with the last three times we played them. The three games I just mentioned. Two at Soldier okay. Field, one at U.S. Bank. The Vikings had 31 total drives in these three games, 31 possessions, and they scored on seven of them. Stefanski has been OC for two of those games. Okay, okay. <clears throat> in all three games, the Vikings totaled 46 first downs, which 15 a game isn't very good. You want to be around no. 22, 25. 15 a game is pretty pretty bad. It's better than so, seven on Monday. Well, yeah, yeah. but 15 isn't going to... Fifteen isn't going to win you a lot of games. Get this: the Vikings had forty-six first downs in those three games. Uh -huh. Out of those three games, out of the forty-six first downs, eight came by rushing. Only eight. You know how many we got by penalty? Eight. Seven. Really? We got as many first downs by penalty as we did rushing the football. And being rushing the football is our bread and butter. That's not either bread or butter. That's a stale piece of fucking bagel laying under your countertop. Now let me let me read you this. Here's the three games rushing the Vikings had in order from last season all the way up. 22 yards, not 122, 22, 63, and 40. That's 125 yards rushing in 12 quarters. You know what that is an average of? 10.4 yards a quarter. God damn it, I'm not going to take this anymore. That's, that's 12 first downs. <laughs> <laughs> 125 yards in three games. That's not Vikings football. At least that's not how we win. No. The Bears have killed us in the run, uh, the run defense. That that, And then I started I'm looking at all this, and I'm going, that's what it is. And, listen, and to end it, and I'll turn it back over to you guys, here's the time of possession starting last year at the 25-20 game at Soldier Field. They had the ball 34 minutes and 29 seconds. Week 17 at U.S. Bank when Thielen and Cousins are yelling at each other. They have the ball 37 minutes and 8 seconds. Really? This year, earlier at Soldier Field, 35-27. Really? That's 34, 37, and 35 minutes the last three games. That's You're how the Bears are beating us. That's oh, the, Bear, the Bears had the ball. Not the yeah. Vikings. Okay. 
I, I thought you said the Vikings had the ball for that. No, no, no. And no I thought, the Bears had that. Okay, how, that's like even more of us. Okay, all right. That makes more sense. All right, yeah. The Bears well, have dominated the time of possession, which you, even going back to last year, that first game at Soldier Field, the Bears have never been really anything offensively. They're 29th in the league right now. So they've never had an overpowering offense. But the against Hammer, they do. The, the thing that, that sticks out for me uh, these last two Bears games in in the second <laughs> half of last season's season finale. I remember in the second half, the Bears went on this epic 15-16 play drive, scored a touchdown, and pretty much iced the game. Mm-hmm. This year in Chicago against Chase Daniel, they went on like a 14-play drive and a 17-play drive or something like that in the first half and got points. And And it just felt like the Vikings defense, no matter what they did, again, they were they were playing conservatively. They weren't, they weren't, they were letting the Bears do what they wanted and what were trying to contain the Bears. They weren't attacking Chicago's offense. And I'm I'm a firm believer that if you attack and rattle Mitch Trubisky, good things are gonna happen for you. Uh, I mean, the, the, he's he's not an extremely proficient quarterback, I don't think. He's last in the league in just about every major statistical metric of of what constitutes good. And and when Chase Daniel when when came in, I mean the Vikings were scared to go after a career backup guy. I I don't get it. I just I just don't get this this conservative conservative mentality when when games are are on the line when when big games when the Vikings get into big games and they get into this play not to lose mentality, it always ends up killing them. So well. I love them. Since this is not a, quote, big game, it doesn't mean anything, does that mean since they don't have to win that they're going to go out there and win? I would say no. I mean, because they're probably not going to play their starters. You would assume Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison aren't going to play. And when they have played, they haven't been able to run the ball effectively. And Mike Boone didn't do a particularly good job Monday night against the Packers. So I would expect the Vikings running game to still struggle. Um, so yeah, they're probably, I, I'm not expecting them to win this game Sunday and going to the playoffs in a two game losing streak, 10 and six. And yeah. Awesome. Cool. Great. Let's go to New Orleans. Let's go to, yeah, I might, I might throw in there those two drives that you just mentioned, the 14 and the 16 play drives. One of those drives happened on the first time Chase Daniel came in. Yeah. He wasn't even, he was, a, he was standing there with his thumb in his ass with a knit hat on. And then and they got him, they, ran him in. Yeah. Yeah. They ran him in the, in the pocket. Yeah. You know, it's a six yard pass, four yard pass, 11 yard pass, six yard run, six yard pass. And then we're, we don't defend it. No. Then when we, then when they get down to the five, we go, oh shit, we better keep them out of the end zone. That's why teams are having the ball 37, 38 minutes against us, dude. I mean, then when we get it back, we do nothing. And then we, we, we burn a minute off the clock and give it back again. It's, it's a balance of the offense working within the de- – I think the defense played – people always say, Drew, you're always siding with the defense. Well, maybe I am, but what I saw last Monday night was all the offense's fault. Well, yeah, I, I'd agree. that I mean, the defense played a heck of a football game. I mean, by the time the fourth quarter rolled around and, and the Packers just kept battering the Vikings' defense, running the ball all night, which is what I would have done, because uh, they were getting three and four yards, and those three and four yards became – 
six to seven yard runs. And then finally, Aaron Jones broke one. And I mean, that pretty much ended the game. I, I mean, when, when you're on the field for 38 minutes of gameplay, oh. at some point, you're going to crack. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and, and the Vikings defense, for as, as well as they played, they, you know, they can't. They can't be expected to be on the field that long and not give up at least 20 points. I just, I just think physically it's almost impossible to, to withhold a good offense for that long. It is. It is. Now, when I read comments after the game, well, the defense gave up this and this, I feel my head's going to explode going, are you, are you watching this? I mean, even the 31 drives we had against the Bears and only scoring on seven of them. Yeah. I mean, the Vikings, the Vikings, there's only one team better in turnover ratio in the NFL than the Vikings. The Vikings are number two in the entire league. The New England Patriots, New England Patriots have 23 plus 23. The Vikings are plus 13, second in the whole league. So the defense is generating turnovers. They are doing their job. If the offense would get their shit together, we would, we'd be rolling, but it's not, it's not balanced outright. The defense is playing great this year. What are they, what are they? They've been slipping overall lately, but they're fifth in scoring, only giving up 18 points a game. Well, overall, they're, they're they've 15. gotten better in the last few games. They've been they've had some clunkers early in the season. When you look the at offense both sides, bailed them out. We we kind of generalize at the end of a game. I'll say Ted or Dave, uh, which side of the ball did we struggle on? What do you think was the major? I mean, the blame always to go around everywhere, but you kind of generalize it and say which unit played better. Was it offense or defense? And every week I always seem to think the defense played well enough to win a game. The the, the thing with the Vikings is when, when they're playing good football, you know, the offense doesn't need to score every drive. They need to at least get a couple first downs, at least be able to flip field position and, and give the defense a rest. I mean, I and, and against the Bears these last three games, they haven't even been able to do that. I no. mean, at least – at least do more than go three and out for a vast majority of your drives. Vi- the Vikings last Monday had 13 drives. Eight of those drives ended in 10 yards or less. Six of those drives were three and out. And three of those drives had negative yardage. So take all those numbers and then, you, you know, how do you say, well, a defense let Aaron Jones run wild? What? You can't have 13 drives and have eight of them be 10 yards or less. Because like Ted says, if you put together two or three first downs, you're resting your defense and you're changing field position. When you go out there and go three plays for four yards and punt, you're killing yourself. When you get three first half turnovers and only get 10 points, you failed. I mean, and I mean, and what more is about the defense to do? I mean, yeah, I don't want to dwell on that game anymore, but, I mean, that's just typical. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't want to dwell on it anymore. Well, no, either. but, I mean, the, the Vi- what the Vikings did Monday night, they cannot repeat, or they're they're going to be bounced. And, and it's and it's not going to be 24-10. It's going to be 31-10 or 38-10, especially if you go to a place like the, the, the Superdome or wherever it is they're going to go, Seattle, I'd, whoever, whoever they play. I'd, David, the what least likely is San Francisco. That takes a whole lot of winning, losing ties. Type we'll have, we'll have make it play next week. But we'll it's talk most about likely it. New Orleans or Green Bay. I want to hear why David Stefano. I want to hear David Stefano's reasoning for the offense. What is? What did I see last Monday? And what? And what do we do going forward this week to make it better? What, in your opinion, in your mind, in my in my mind, they were not playing their zone run, play action pass stuff that they had done well this season that moves the linemen that helps alleviate 
some of the blocking issues that gets Kirk Cousins moving, that gives him time, the quick passes, uh, the occasional shot deeps. That was not done. They you know reverted to a straight drop back, seven step drop back for quite a bit of the game. The offensive linemen were one on one, and we know, especially Elfline and Bradbury, got smoked. They need to be moving line-wise to help them because neither one of those guys are strong enough to go up against the likes of um, Devante or whatever his name is from Green Bay. And they're facing Zedarius Smith. Smith. And then they're facing possibly good linemen this week because the Bears have had good linemen. So, I mean, with Khalil Mack, I think he's going to – be out or was limited or something like that but it's going to be they've got to move this line is not designed as a power style line where it's mano y mano my big guy is going to take on your big guy and he's going to beat him this these are guys are smaller they need to take the advantage of moving and blocking at angles and if they don't and they did not monday that's not the game plan that was called they're going to get beat. So they tried something new and it backfired. Absolutely. Then why did it backfire all night? Why not just have to do the second quarter and go, fuck it, we're going back to what we do best. Why not I, do that? I have no idea why they didn't adjust. Ridiculous. And I mean, no, your opinion's not ridiculous. It, the it, fact that they don't adjust is ridiculous. The, the reason they didn't rhymes with smoking. <laughs> Runs with what? Smoaching. Smoaching. What I need to go do here shortly. Go out and smoach. <laughs> you haven't smoached in years. <laughs> how come how come everybody talks about Jason Garrett it says he's a losing coach and needs to be fired because he can't win the big game and on paper he has talent to win the Super Bowl? Isn't that the same thing with our coach? But why does oh, Jason exactly. Garrett he, so why does Jason Garrett seem like such a shithead and people say Zimmer's the guy Zimmer's the guy? I don't get it. How do you justify one against the other? Because over the same problem Garrett, Zimmer has? Am I wrong? Because because Jason Garrett does whatever Jerry Jones says. <laughs> I mean, he can't win the big game and he has talent on paper enough to win the Super Bowl. That's what I hear about Zimmer, though. I mean <sighs> it, it's been that yeah, it's Amazing. been that way this year. I, I it's kind of similar. I, I mean, Dave, Dave, you're absolutely right. I, I think the Vikings on offense, their strength is when they do the play action rollouts and they, they kind of get a they a do the zone running, try to get to the pocket. outside, which Cook is great um, at, and then do the cutback. My my concern with going to a zone blocking scheme was you have smaller guys, more athletic guys, that would have a hard time holding up against bigger guys that were just as athletic. And we've seen that with the Packers. We've seen that with the Bears. We'll see that with the Saints. We'll see that with... Uh, whoever it is they face in the playoffs. I, I just – zone blocking scheme is great for a regular season. I just – I just, I don't know, man. I I don't know that the Vikings offensive line is big enough to handle. Was was that team from Wisconsin good. pushing us around, Ted, in the earlier matchup like they did Monday night? Yeah. I can't really remember how they did against us. They had 18 pressures on Monday night and five sacks. They had 18 pressures. And I think four sacks, maybe five. I'd have to look it up. In week look two. at Glover with the knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was but, bad. But that comes down to the zone blocking is the best for the personnel that we have. 
Yeah. And then you got to go back to, well, personnel choices, like during the draft, you know, he's the wrong fit for our system. Um, do you take the big, powerful guys? And the Vikings haven't drafted a top-quality offensive lineman in the Zimmer era, period. From the time that, Zimmer's been here till true, now. That's, that's not true, Dave. That's that's just they, they drafted Matt Khalil in the first round, and, and he was the consensus best tackle in the draft. I said I, I mean, his, Zimmer. His, his career got derailed by injuries, but he was a legit good left tackle his rookie season. His rookie season. Then he went. <clears throat> yeah, and it was injuries. I mean, it wasn't ability. It was injuries. Uh, and trying played. to play through those injuries. Well, and that may be, but and he's the only one that I can think of that's made a Pro Bowl under Spielman. Uh, Sullivan, I think, didn't Sullivan, I mean, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't you, matter. you look at it overall from 2014 till now, the Vikings offensive line really hasn't gotten much better. I mean, it's oh, it's been a problem every year. Every year we complain about the O-line needs to get better. The O-line needs to get better. Remember the, remember when we had the, uh, what's it, Clemmings, TJ Clemmings, all that oh, stuff, yeah. man. It's never, it seems like from 14 till now, we could have built something that's better than what we have now. I think the last couple of years they've been trying, but early on in the Zimmer regime, the offensive line was not being taken well, care of. Well, they thought it was okay in 14. We had players on there that did decent. It's just they all declined and got injured and stuff like that right at that time period. I, I, and it's I would never argue, been built back up. I would argue Rick Spielman has paid attention, like serious attention to the offensive line twice. In 2017, when he signed Riley Reef and Mike Remmers in free agency and then drafted Garrett um, um, Pat Elfline. And then this past offseason, when he uh, signed Josh Klein in free agency, then drafted Garrett Bradbury in the first round. That 2017 offensive line, you put that on the 2016 team, and the 2016 team is a playoff team. But what uh, – sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, and the 2017 team went to the NFC Championship. This year, this team is a playoff team. Uh, and and I still think they, they need a guy or two. I think they that. do, too. I think they do too, and I agree with the two years that you just said and the reasoning behind it. But he has been he has been GM sole GM since 2012. Yeah. Oh no. The, but, but yeah, my point was, but those other years, he addressed it, but he addressed it by using late round draft picks, right? Undrafted right. free agents. Exactly um, right. Really, really, second or third tier free agents like um, the guy that played left guard last year from the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good example. Uh, Tom, Tom Compton was that the guy's yeah, name? Tom Compton. Um, and, and and thinking that well, if if I if I go if I go to Walmart for my <laughs> offensive lineman, it'll be okay. No, you dude, you went to Walmart. You need to go. You go to someplace like Demon Marcus. Go to Costco. I don't know where it go. You go can't, somewhere where you get quality. I, I don't you know. know. that. You know, I know Matt, Matt Burke was a late late bloomer and ended up being a great player, but that's so rare. I was Spielman, say, yeah. Spielman thinks you can rule. go to the sixth or seventh round and find Walter Jones or you know Anthony yeah. Munoz. It's not going to happen, dude. From I mean, Bologna, you look at it now. If you look at their line now. Reef was a first rounder. Uh, Elf Line's a third rounder. Bradbury's a first rounder. I can't remember where Klein was drafted, and, and O'Neal was a second rounder. So, and and oh, hey, look, the Vikings' offensive line is better. I still don't think it's good enough to compete with really athletic, big defensive lines, but it's it's markedly better. 
It is markedly better. I am. And, and, and what we're saying is the blocking scheme, be it from Denison now to the zone rush, matches those guys better than a power scheme would have yep. because they're not the big monster guys that are good at pushing people forward. And, they, and, and th- although they're better, I don't think his own scheme is, is, is a scheme that can get you, get you deep top. in the playoffs. You can, you can win in the regular season with it and get to the playoffs. I don't think you can win in the playoffs when the competition is that much better. The defensive lines are as well, big and just as fast as you so is the offensive line more schemed towards a mobile running back? Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, is it, do we have the wrong quarterback for the scheme that the offensive line is running? That's my question. No, I don't think so. No, I, I mean, so it's just a matter of another good draft. We add a couple more good guys, then we're pretty much good to go. We'll see. I still think we're a guy or two away, but but if you're not, you know, is the scheme right? I mean, that's what I want. It seems to be fine when Cooks and they're running up 200 yards. I mean, it seems yeah. to be working fine. And call and uh, call Pepper. Yeah, I wish we had. Uh, I really did a thing on Culpepper Day, so I got. I'm thinking a lot about Dante Culpepper. What a great quarterback. Um, but Cousins, he seems to play so much better. When things go in the, when things go in the toilet like they did Monday night, he seems to just swirl down the toilet with him. He's got to step up and say, "I'm going to take charge." If everything else is going to hell, I need to win a game. Like I see these other quarterbacks doing. I do. I see. I see Drew Brees doing it. Sometimes you have to be the guy. You have to be the guy that steps up. Don't join the toilet swirl. Get above it and do something to make. He seems to just get caught in all the implosion, you know? He has a hard time overcoming adversity. I mean, the first couple drives, you can sort of tell by his body language how the rest of his game's going to go. The the, the one big exception to that was the Denver game. Mm -hmm. Right. The second half of that Denver game, and I wrote a post about it today. That's the intensity and the fight that you need in your team, but you can't see it once every 12 games. You need that every week. Yeah. You need it every week, and, you know, it's not going to happen every week, but it's going to happen more often than not. We need second halves like that Bronco game, intensity high. Players are just moving. Everything's going really great. Play calls are – they turned it around and they showed what they can do. But Monday night, I'm thinking, man, if we, what if – Cousin just took charge. He doesn't look like he wants to take charge. He looks like it's just, if it's falling apart, I'm just going to join the falling apart. And yeah. that kind of bugs me. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh. Getting back to Chicago and wrapping this show up. Lido. Do you have any challenges or spicy hot takes? Drew? Ted? Go with Ted, Ted? first. I didn't think about Ted? this. I didn't um, prepare for it. Do I have a spicy hot take? No. <laughs> no, I, I mean it's. I I don't I don't want to say I don't care about this game, um. Because, like uh, Dave, I think you mentioned it. It's relatively meaningless. I I would like the offense to look good and and sort of give me a little bit of confidence going into the following week of the playoff game because I really don't want to go. I have I have my college team is in the playoff and my and my NFL team is in the playoff. Wow. And and I have. I have confidence in one, and I don't have confidence in the other. Fuck I want to have confidence guy. in both. I want to have confidence in both. So, Like that Lawrence guy does for Clemson, 24, yeah. 24 and 0 as a starter. I don't mean to throw that out there. I, I don't really like the guy. I'd like to see him. Drew? Are, are you? Wait, hold, hold on. Is your spicy hot take that he's cheering for Ohio State? <sighs> Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> No, I am not cheering for Ohio State. Okay. 
very good. I wouldn't but, want any no, if they, if they, the only thing good about when they happen to win is the fact that you're happy. So I give you that. Um, I got a challenge for the Vikings. Since we've averaged 15 first downs against the Bears the last three times we played them. And, you know, I look at that as being 15 sucks. And Dave says, hey, that's twice as much we got last week. But get more than 15 Glass first downs. Four. I'm going to count. I'm going to make a first down counter. I'm going to put it on the TV. And every time we get one, I'm going to click it up. Get more, maybe get more than 22 yards rushing. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I, that's pretty much what I want to, we're only to shout out a milestone. I'm always about the defense. Uh, last year we had 50 sacks this year. We're sitting at 44. I know it's a long shot, but I guess my spicy hot take is, can we sack that fucker seven times? And get it? We're six I, I off the mark can. right now. I mean, Trubisky is a guy that seems to run into Len- Lend that possibility to happening. Uh, we'll see. They need to win. The last three times we played them, everybody's mad about it. We need to win just for that fact. Come on, yeah. guys. Let's yeah. beat the Bears so we can go into next season not thinking Nagy owns us again. Yeah. I just want to see everybody come out as healthy as possible. That's not a challenge. Give us a challenge. Come on, oh, man. It could be a challenge. Um, uh, we need a better. No. Uh, beyond that, I suspect Boone's going to be starting again. I I was hoping that Monday night was stage fright for Boone because he was starting and not coming in off the bench. I want to see that change and him make the cutbacks. See those spots like Dalvin Cook does and run like he did two weeks ago and do a good job on the run. Well, how about block for him and give him a hole to start with? I think that's part of the play call. If you design the, like I said, the zone blocking where they're at angles, and it, they're not heads up. I think it'll do better. What's your spicy hey, hot take? Hey, hey, Dave, there's a reason. There's a reason Mike Boone is behind Dalvin Cook. And <laughs> oh, I agree. He's the number three quarterback or running back, and there's there's a reason for it because he doesn't. Smitty, dude. <laughs> Anyways, he always has that perfect one-liner, dude. <laughs> You know what? You're the, you're the guy that, that slows it down, the logical thinker, and like talks us through with all the good analytics and shit. I'm the hothead who just fucking screams all the time. <laughs> and Dave is just like the host that tries to deal with us both. <laughs> Speaking of that, last words, Drew. I'm going meow, meow, Viking cow. Viking 30, bear 17. Ted? And I'm not drunk. Uh, go Bucks. <clears throat> And Super Bowl homeboy, we'll see you in Miami. Hey, what time does that Ohio State game start? 7 o'clock Saturday night, I believe. I'm going to watch it all. noon on Sunday, Central. Skull. This could either be a great weekend of football for me or an absolutely <laughs> horrible, miserable one. No, you know what? OSU pulls it out. You ain't going to give a shit about nobody's Trubisky. Go, <laughs> <laughs> my gigs. Let's get this win. Good job, guys. Good see job you after the game. game.